I see. Of course, dear. Love you too, dear. Hangs up. So, Peter, my. Welcome to episode four of the Green Light. Green Light. Green Light. Um, today we are going to be reading *The Pearly Gates* by my former high school theater teacher Andy Rassler. If you are new here, pretty much what we do is read unproduced plays and screenplays by writers in our lives, uh, and hopefully, eventually, people we don't know who just send us submissions that we would love to read. Hey, Lauren, where where can people send their submissions? They can send their submissions right to TGL Submit at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All the PDFs and attachments you want, we will read them all, yes, we and will. we would love to read your scripts. Yeah. Hey, guess what, everyone? That wasn't even planned. Just a nice little, little improv banter from Woo-hoo! your two hosts here. <laughs> also, if you would like to hear your music in some of yes. the transitions, maybe you've picked up Please. the guitar during quarantine, uh, you're writing some tunes that you're really excited about, we would love to listen to all of them. So you can also send MP3s of those to tglsubmit at gmail.com. Yes, if you were writing tunes. Thank you, Lauren, for that wonderful... <laughs> She's giving me a death stare right now, folks. You can't see it, but I sure can. Um, mm. All right, so, Lauren... So, okay. We haven't actually recorded an introduction in weeks. Yeah, because well, so basically what happened was right at the beginning, we were recording them first before any other part of the episode and we did three full episodes before we dropped the first one yeah just to have like a bank yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of things you know just so we didn't have to you know scramble, scramble. for scripts and things like that yeah. yeah but so because of that we realized with our first couple intros they were a little bit outdated just yeah. in terms of you know we talked about tiger king but then by the time it came out tiger king was kind of old news a little bit listen i could hear a tiger king commentary for the rest of my life this so is true. Hopefully everyone else can too. Hopefully you all enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so we wanted to kind of record our other ones a little closer when the episode's coming out. So this yes. episode is actually coming out in two days. Yep, we're recording this Wednesday evening. Right now I'm looking at Lauren's phone. It's 6.17 p.m. Pacific Daylight, daylight time. time. Pacific Daylight Time. Yes, I not I don't want to mess that up. That's yes, right. correct. Um, so yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 oh. One more little housekeeping thing. Actually, we have like three more housekeeping things. Um, so, um, so we, if you, if you like us, even if you don't like us, truthfully, if you're just listening to this and want us to hear you, then if you review us on iTunes and you have two options, one is the kind option of, (laughs) (laughs) of commenting your detour of the week. So if you don't know, we'll explain it in a second, but basically something that you've watched that would recommend, you would recommend to other people. You can do that. Or, if you want to, this is a slightly meaner option, but possibly more fun option, if you want to roast me, Jackson Campbell, <laughs> roast the heck out of me in roast those away. iTunes reviews, pretty please. We got, so we made a Facebook post about it, which, by the way, we also have a Facebook po- uh, page now, so go like that. It's the green light, has the same logo as the podcast with yes. the light bulb. You will certainly recognize it. So, if you want to, um, we made a post about that, but we only got one from my brother, which Lauren is about to read to you in a second. <clears throat> oh, right now she's going to read it to you. Yes, it can't wait. Jackson Campbell is a man's man. Handsome is an understatement. He sweats pure masculinity. His suave is unmatched. 
Listen to hear the sweet and sexy sounds of his baritone serenade you. Other than that, if you want to hear a fun time between mm. three experts in the film and theater industries, this is your podcast. From Jonathan Campbell, in parentheses, definitely not Jackson Campbell's brother. Definitely. So it's not my brother, as, yeah, as his review says. Yeah, it's definitely not your brother. Uh, the second half definitely uh, made me less uncomfortable, but I, I certainly <sighs> appreciate the kind remarks yeah. from, from my brother. However, if you want to balance that out, if you think my head's getting a little too big after that review, he please already just has roast a big me. head just by genetics. <laughs> and and Lard will not let me forget it. Anyways. <laughs> Um, so yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. In all seriousness, it would really help us out. Yeah. Um, Basically, with the whole algorithm on iTunes, uh, if you're not someone who listens to podcasts and, you know, you don't hear this speech all the time, mm -hmm. um, the, with the algorithm on iTunes, the best way to reach people who you don't already know personally is for the people you do know to give you five-star reviews on iTunes. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what the content of those reviews is. Mm -hmm. um, uh, content of those reviews is... Are. Yeah, it's... Review content. Content, I guess. Content is. is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Whatever. It doesn't this matter is a what's. Grammar heavy episode. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter what you write. As long as you give us five stars, we will slowly keep chugging up the charts. Chugging on up. Yeah. Like the little engine that could. And odds are. Most of the people listening to this, you probably already know us. If I had to, if I had to take a swing, yeah. If I had to take a swing at that one, yeah. I think it'd probably be a home. At run least right now, when assumption. we're recording this, yes, yeah. correct, correct. So if not, maybe you can just do a, give a give a little kindness, give a little tenderness. Yeah, truly, that is the way. number one way you can help us out. Yeah. So um, also by sharing our Facebook posts. Yeah. And, also that and tweeting our stuff. You know, That'd be stuff great like too. that. Um. Oh, one one final thing. If you are listening to this on probably Spotify or iTunes and you're like, hey, I don't like them. I want to <laughs> listen to this podcast still, though. You can, we're, we're up on now. We have a list. We're up on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, which is Podbean, Podbean. which is the one that, yes. This <laughs> is where we, we host it. our podcast. Yes. And then Google Play, hopefully within the next week. By the time this drops, hopefully it'll be up on Google yeah, Play. Yeah, yeah, we we have submitted it for approval. Yeah, so if you want to listen to us on one of those, we're on it. Or if you know someone who listens to podcasts on one of those platforms, maybe then you can suggest it to them because we're on on yeah. it. We're on it on there too. Yes, okay. we are. <sighs> I'm exhausted. All right, all right. No, we're not doing detours this uh, week. We're just, no, I'm kidding. We okay. are. We're doing detours. Okay, mm. so this is. <laughs> Yeah, Lauren's disappointment in me this episode is just skyrocketing. Um, so this is time for our Detours of the Week. This is a segment where we bring to you something we have consumed, whether it be watched a TV show, a movie, read a book or a play or something, that we would recommend to you. So um, who should go first? Who do you think should go first? Um, Actually... I'll go first because I. Yeah, you're, mine's kind of dumb, so well, you go first. <laughs> not, it's, it's wonderful, either whichever one you choose, but that's something that we both watched. It's so true. I'll start with one that um, was more just me. Um, so the other day, actually, um, so <laughs> update on our living situation. We have eight six, people. Eight, eight people total, six additional roommates in addition to the two of us. Yes. Um, in this house in our right four now. Four bedroom house. Yeah, we had a few friends recently move out here, but you know it's very hard to find housing, and you know we're trying to find a bigger place, but that's also hard. So we're 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 kind of crammed, but it's it's very fun, and it's very fun because we can do things like what I'm about to tell you, which is the other day we did a house reading of the play People, Places, and Things by Duncan McMillan, um, and it was uh, I guess it was actually really only like four or five of us intermittently yeah. throughout. I had to work, sadly. Yeah, unfortunately, Lauren did have to work. Did have to work. Whew, grammar. 
But, uh, so we did a nice little play reading. We, we sat down together in a nice circle, sang Kumbaya, and just just read people, places, and things, which is a, it's a really interesting play, like I said, by Duncan McMillan. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of heavy at times. It, it deals with things like substance abuse, um, familiar relationships, um, um, m- mental health, all, all things like that. But it, it's also, it has some very funny moments, too. It really does. And um, it, overall, the experience was just very rewarding just to sort of do art with your friends together again. And obviously, Lauren and I have the uh, the fortunate opportunity to do this podcast, which Yay! is like us doing art with our friends. But to, to do it in a different sense and to sort of get, you know, a, a bit longer version of kind of what we do on this here podcast actually was really nice and a really rewarding experience so you know even if you just have a roommate or if you want to just you know zoom with your friends and you know read a play or even just like watch a movie together or something you know at this time it's 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 harder and harder to find community with other people so wherever you can find it for sure go for it Uh, another thing if you are familiar with duncan mcmillan at all you might know him from the play lungs which yes. is a two-person play. Characters are just MF for male and female. But it kind of talks a lot about the environment and sort of what the repercussions are of having a kid in a time when climate change is a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really, really great play. Uh, my friend Emily introduced it to me back in high school, but I highly recommend that one as well. But that was not my detour of the week. Nope. My detour of the week... Which one are you going to do? I'm interested. I'm about to say it, so... Okay. Sorry. Okay. Uh, my detour of the week was I had never seen any of the live-action Scooby-Doo movies. Mm. And for Jackson's birthday, oh, which gosh. was yesterday that as was, we're recording this. It was for my birthday. Yeah. I he just... wanted to watch Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Yep. And let me tell you, that is an unabashedly great movie. Mm-hmm. Like, unironically, I thought it was going to be dumb, but it is so good. And let's let's say it is a little dumb. It's a little dumb. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but in the way the cartoon is, it definitely yeah. pays homage to the cartoon very well. There are some specific things I really like, just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially just a lot of the shots of when um, Shaggy and Scooby were running. And, you know, they, they kind of, like, paddle their legs a whole bunch of times before they yeah. actually move. And they very have cartoon-like. The, yeah, and they have the sound effects that they have in the cartoons that go along with it. Or at one point, they walked through a dark patch and they came out carrying one of the monsters, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was, it was very similar to how the cartoon was. And honestly, the guy who played Shaggy... Matthew Lillard. Yes, very good. He's he's like, like down a, to the voice, everything. He's he's a very good just actor in general, and you know to see him in that role, it's you kind of lose it because it's like a zoink scoop, you know, all the time. Yeah, well, but, it's like it's over the top, but it's like it's clowning in a very good way. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. It, you can see that it definitely takes a lot of talent and commitment just to to play that role as well as he did. Yeah. And he he's been the voice of Shaggy on the cartoons for a while. Yeah, unfortunately, he was not on the new. The Scoob, new Scoob, Scoob movie. movie, which we will be watching soon as well. Yeah, that actually. might be my detour next time. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> if you have Scooby-Doo two twice. weeks in a row of Scooby Doo themed <laughs> movies, I'll just fall in love with you all over again, Lauren. Aww, we might cut that actually. Um, but <laughs> anyways, no, yeah, he's he's a very good actor. A few a few things I have uh, uh, comments I have about the movie, if you don't mind me stepping on your detour a bit, Lauren. How dare? Okay. Only okay. because it's your birthday. Ah, true. Well, eh, yesterday, but it's birthday week. But, so, Matthew Lillard, great. Fred, 
Useless. Fred's absolutely, absolutely useless. useless. His haircut is awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the time, his haircut was bomb. Like, that okay, was okay, a great okay. haircut. But at one point, you know, so they kind of go back in uh, into their little clubhouse that they had when they were 16, right? Before they got the, the swanky headquarters with the sunken room. Mm. And... Are you making fun of me for using the word swanky? No, I was just I was just laughing about the sunken room because that's oh, okay, a part okay. and that's a a fun cool. detail that you added. I in mean, there. first you made fun of tunes, now you're making fun of swanky. I, I would don't never know. never make fun of you. It's okay. all out of love. Hmm. But anyway, but you know they go back and they show a kind of like couple old pictures of them or there's some there's a part where they're very poorly catching a frisbee and I thought that was gonna come back more when they were tossing around the control thing that looked like a frisbee. Oh sure. But um. It didn't. But anyway, but, you know, they showed a picture of Fred, and he had a much better haircut. And I was like, I feel like usually people have the haircut that he has for most of the movie in, like, middle school and high school, and then grow into a better haircut, like Jim in the office. Yeah, well, so that that's a that's a good reference, actually. It was very similar to Jim's early hair in the office and or Zac Efron's hair in the High School Musical movies. Yes, but th- but for- like reverse, it was it was the reverse of progress. Yeah, but for that time, that was going up, Lauren. That was like the hot thing for that time, and I will stand by that. But as a character, he's useless. He's like yes. the leader, but he really the only thing he does is joust that night. The spoiler, I guess, not really. But he jousts that night, and really, like, it, it, he it, he doesn't even win. He doesn't even win that yeah. joust. Otherwise, he's useless. He still got hit. Like Daphne and Velma were were all over the place. They were doing everything. Really, exactly. the true the they true were carrying the whole team of that the group. whole time. Yeah, yeah. So outstanding on their part. Shaggy and Scooby very fun. Yeah, it was a, it was a it was an enjoyable time. Very quality film. Yeah, high yep. key. So if you're if you're down to drop a couple bucks, it's not streaming anywhere, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but you can buy it for a couple bucks on Amazon or YouTube. Yes. Or I guess maybe iTunes or something too. I don't know. Maybe you can you can rent it in high definition on one of those platforms. <laughs> um, I don't know if you can find people places things online. Tori, Tori, uh, one of our housemates, who you will actually hear in just a bit, had a copy That's of true. it. That's true. She's so, reading with us today. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. Um, I th- think that's it. I think that's all we got. Okay. All right. Well, as I said, we are going to be reading The Pearly Gates by Andy Rassler, and we will get to that right now. Coming up next. When we come back. Everybody, welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. Green Light. Green Light. I'm Jackson. <laughs> you, yeah, I think that's the first time you've done it. That's that's nice. It's your tradition. All right, I'm Jackson. Okay. I'm Lauren. <laughs> and today we are reading The Pearly Gates by Andy Rassler. And in addition to reading a wonderful play, we have two new wonderful guests who you will probably be actually hearing more, much more of in the coming future. Yeah. Um, because once again, we are still in quarantine, but we have a couple new housemates um, who we've known for a while. But how about we let them introduce themselves? Tori, would you... Will, yeah. would you want to go first? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Tori aggressively pointed at Will. I don't want to start because if I start, I won't stop. Hey, everyone. My name is Will Leach. Um, I am a graduate of UNC Chapel Thrill, like many people on this podcast. Uh, yeah, everyone Shout but Lauren. Go Literally every single person but um, Lauren. We're finally interviewing someone later who is yes, not a UNC yes, alum. Yes, true. Thank uh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I studied political science. I was a dramatic art minor. 
Um, was going to grad school for theater management, dropped out, didn't love that. But you know what I do love? Acting and directing. And that's what we're here to do now. Correct. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I did kind of forget you went to grad school for theater we management. We should all forget. I okay. Uh, yeah. Wait, Good for me. Do you have anything else you want to promote? Yes. Oh my gosh. If you are young, politically engaged, you'll have a good story, some sassy commentary, mm. um, definitely look up Millennial Trash wherever you like to listen to your podcast with William Leach. That's me. Mm-hmm. Millennial Trash. Yes. We support that on this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Can I point to you now? Yes. Okay. okay. I'm ready now. <laughs> podcast supporting podcast. Um, my name is Tori Jewell. I am also part of the Chapel Hill to LA pipeline. Yes. Um, I'm here briefly because as I did graduate from Chapel Hill, um, with a degree in anthropology, um, mm. the study of People. People. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought you were going to make a joke. Yeah. Nope. Just but, remember. Well, my parents make plenty of jokes about my degree. So. <laughs> well, you know what we major in. We get it. Right, right. Well, um, and just hadn't had enough of Chapel Hill and decided to uh, do grad school there. So I am here briefly for the summer and then we'll be back pursuing performing arts. So I am very excited to be here working on a play today doing what I love to do. Yay! Oh, yes. So thanks for having me. Of course, Thank Story. you for being here. Yes. I was gonna, I was gonna make a joke about having no. <laughs> we had a lot of almost jokes in this segment. Yeah. I can't help but feel like blind. it's me. I'm. It certainly is. Yeah. No, we're yeah. just it awkward. Is, but, yeah. <laughs> um. Alrighty. Well, on that note, let's get started. Um. We'll first begin with some uh with some character descriptions. Um. Let's begin. I'll be reading Shirley. Shirley is any age, but must be the eternal ray of sunshine that, for instance, Shirley Temple may have been. A perpetual smile on her face and love in her heart. I'll be reading Kelly. Kelly can be male or female, written to be somewhere between 25 and 50, which I am not, but any age would potentially work. Kelly is bewildered, confused, wary, angry, but smart. And I'll be reading from Morgan. Morgan can be male or female, should be younger than Kelly but age unspecific. Morgan is later to the gate and therefore confused. And I will be reading stage directions. So without further ado, let's get into it. Time, the present. Setting, the Shirley Gates thrift shop. A thrift shop at the entrance of heaven. Probably all that is needed is a counter of some kind and maybe some shelves. It can all be very suggested. If a big budget is available, it would be nice to have angel wings, halos, and the like on display on the walls, and a sort of cloudy appearance at the ceiling. Certainly not necessary, though. At Rise. In the blackness before the lights come on, we hear the most known and recognizable portion of Handel's Hallelujah Chorus. Director lets that play for 20 to 30 seconds, then the lights come on. Shirley is behind the counter, but we don't see her as she is bent down doing inventory or cleaning or the like. Kelly enters, looking around, bewildered, Clearly disoriented. Hello? Hello? I'll be right with you! What's that? Shirley pops up from behind the counter, almost like a jack-in-the-box. Welcome to the Shirley Gates Heavenly Thrift Shop! What can I do for you today, dear? What the... What? What is this? I'm Shirley. As in Temple. On the good chip. Lollipop, it's a sweet trip. And the bun. You're Shirley Temple? Where am I? I? I'm not the Shirley Temple, silly. No, I'm just Shirley. You are lucky enough to be at, wait for it, the Shirley Gates. The Hallelujah Chorus plays. I'm dead? That was a nasty crash. You take your eyes off the road for one second and blam, end 
end of story, and a pretty short story, too. I'm dead? Oh, dear. You're still in denial? Well, thankfully, that's usually a pretty short stage. The good news is, you're here! Instead of, well, you know where. I'm dead? Wow, I sure hope this stage doesn't last much longer. You are giving me nothing here. Okay, well, as long as you're here, why don't you shop around? Shop around? You are the cute little Echo, aren't you? You'll need your wings, silly. Let's see what we have in your size. I have to buy wings? You need your wings, dear. Everyone does. Some people have to earn them. You've got budget to buy yours. Only the thrift ones. The designer wings are over at the Pearly Gates. I thought this was the Pearly Gates. The Shirley Gates. Shirley Gates? I'm on the other end. Other side of the track, so to speak. Low budget heaven. The Shirley Gates. There's money in heaven? I'm so confused. Um, I thought you can't take it with you. Oh, common misconception. I don't know where that rumor got started. The Egyptians had it right with the gold and all. I'm guessing your people didn't put anything in your pockets at all. Am I right? Checks pockets. Um, I guess not. Oh, no. It's hysterical when the rich Hollywood folks come to the Shirley Gates. They don't think they belong here, but their people don't put money in their pockets either. <laughs> it's really karmatic justice, don't you think? Zillions of dollars on Earth and they just don't know how to send it with them? <laughs> well, we'll just put your merchandise on credit, okay? On credit? What am I buying? Your wings! You can't stay here without wings. Okay, let's take a look here. We only have seraphim and cherubim here, dear. If you want the archangel material, it's out of your price range. Sorry about that. As Kelly explodes, Shirley is unaffected, continues happily looking through merchandise. Morgan enters. I don't have a price range. I don't even know where the hell I am. I was driving to the store and I... What the hell is going on here? We do have to watch our language, dear. This assignment isn't necessarily permanent, you know. Excuse me? I'll be right with you. Where am I? Don't look at me. I just got here. Oh, my. My, 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 my. This usually doesn't happen. How awkward. What is this? Apparently we're at the Pearly Gates. The Shirley Gates, dear. You'll remember eventually. I'm dead? Nasty crash. Well, as long as you're both here, you might as well know. Kelly, meet Morgan. Morgan, meet Kelly. Morgan's car hit Kelly's car, or Kelly's car hit Morgan's, either way. And, well, that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote? What does that mean? I'm dead? I can't be dead. You killed me? Maybe you killed me? This is awkward, isn't it? I was trying to process Kelly through before Morgan got here. I mean, I was hoping the paramedics could keep you alive just a bit longer, dear. You were gone on the spot, you were. All that blood? Yush! Well, let's get shopping. Shopping? We need wings. What the hell? Language. I know it's all very sudden, dears. But you're lucky to be on the Shirley Gates side. Wings aren't cheap, you know. I imagine not. Let me check the inventory here. Shirley gets involved in going through wings. I don't understand any of this. We're dead. You're dead. I'm dead. I'm dead because of you. You ran into me. You ran into me! They both look at Shirley. She shrugs. 
The devil's in the details, isn't it? You idiot! I've lost everything! I've lost everything, too! You're not the only one who died here. I wouldn't have died if it weren't for you. You killed me! You killed me! You killed me! I hate you! Kelly launches herself at Morgan and they scuffle on the floor. Ad-lib hateful statements as they fight. That's more like it! Denial is behind us now! On to anger! Really, quite healthy! Splendid! Stop! Stop attacking me! I'd be alive if it weren't for you! I'd be alive if it weren't for you! Stop in the action as Kelly processes this. Right. The phone rings. Or perhaps a bell that causes Shirley to just put a hand to her ear. Earpiece phone? Hello? The Shirley Gates Heavenly Thrift Shop, Shirley speaking. Oh, yes? Mm, mm Mm-mm-mm, I see. Oh, oh, oh no. I can certainly take care of that. Listen, Pete, I may not have the equipment you have over there, but I know what I'm doing. So, what do they need to do? I see. Of course, dear. Love you too, dear. Hangs up. St. Peter, my... Well, dears, your story has changed a bit, it seems. What? What happened? Nothing happened, really. Just looks like your credit has been denied. What is she talking about? Kelly just shrugs. We were going to process your wings order on credit, but you don't appear to have any. Looks like you made it here to the Shirley Gates by the skin of your teeth. Both of you. So you'll have to earn your wings after all. Don't kill the messenger. We have to earn our wings? Like, it's a wonderful life kind of thing? (laughs) That's just a movie, dear. This is real. This isn't real. This can't be real. Just two seconds ago, I was driving down the road. People don't die just like that. Well, I hate to contradict you, but if you think about it, that's exactly how people die. Poof. Just like that. I'm not dead. This isn't dead. We can go back. I saw our town. Uh, Emily went back to see her family on her ninth birthday. We can go back. Oh, sorry, dear. That's just a play. You two seem a tad confused about what's fact and what's fiction. This can't be fact. I'll do anything to get another chance. Please! That is an impressively fast progression to bargaining! Kudos to you, dear! You have some catching up to do. You got here first, but Morgan has beaten you to the next phase. Morgan is the reason I'm here. It's not my place to say, but just between us, your time was limited anyhow. What? Oh, it doesn't matter anymore, does it? She hit you head on, you hit her head on, he shot him, he strangled her. It's all the same in the end. I was dying? Shirley nods. Oh my god, I was dying. Kelly goes to sit down. I don't understand. Kelly, you leapfrog from anger to depression. I wonder if that's healthy. We're stuck here forever. Okay. Well, what do we have to do? Oh, now I understand. You're trading phases. Bargaining, depression, acceptance. Well, that's just brilliant. Looks up to God. I like that. Hey, stop moping. Get up. We're here. We might as well earn our wings and get on with it. Leave me alone. You can't just sit here forever. Can't I? Oh, dear, I'm afraid not. There's no long-term loitering in the Shirley Gates Heavenly Thrift Shop. Everyone has to move on, dear. How do we do it? How do we earn our wings? Well, it's really very simple, dears. Much simpler than going back and helping someone on Earth. Those people very seldom listen. Tragic, really. No. All you have to do is 
forgive each other. Forgive each other? We don't even know each other. Well, of course, I realize that, dear, but it's very transparent that you blame each other for your deaths. Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. Kelly and Morgan look at each other meaningfully. No, you're not wrong. Rhetorical question, dear. Of course I'm not wrong. So, let's get on with this. The faster you forgive each other, the faster we can shop for wings, the faster we can get to the business of paradising. Paradising? Is that a verb? It is up here, dear. It is up here. Morgan crosses to Kelly. They face each other just looking for a period of time. Shirley becomes a sort of announcer as she observes the festivities. And the two marginally sinful souls look deeply into each other's eyes, looking for the culpability or vulnerability in the other. Is there remorse there? Is there pain? Defiance? Challenge? Seeing nothing damning in the other's eyes to hold on to, each sinner slowly realizes the only path to true paradise is in forgiveness, understanding, and love. And, seeing the same wave of understanding flow through the other's eyes, the detente begins and animosity fades. What mere minutes ago was an animalistic floor brawl of angry, desperate souls is now the beginning of an eternal symphony of beauty and joy. Pure joy. And it is finished. Morgan and Kelly hug, and Shirley joins them wrapping her arms around them. Thank, Thank you, you Shirley. Shirley. Oh, my. It was my divine pleasure to assist you. Now that you've earned them, shall we choose an appropriate pair of wings for each of you? How do we choose? Let's start you out with something small. As well as you responded to your first task here, I'm thinking we can grow into bigger models as you go. Won't be long, yours will be as big as Pete's. Shirley, where are your wings? Oh, never after Memorial Day, dear. Never after Memorial Day. Blackout. All right, we're here with one of my favorite people in the world, uh, my former high school theater teacher, Andy Rassler. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so, I originally grew up in Minnesota and then um, moved down to North Carolina when my husband got a job down here. And I found my dream job teaching theater in Concord, North Carolina. And now I'm practicing theater um, at the school and at theaters around there and doing some playwriting and just kind of exploring it all. I have two kids and a basset hound, and a husband. <laughs> so three kids. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh, tell, <laughs> really tell them four. what your basset hound's name is. Uh, my basset hound's name is Shakespeare. Yeah. Shakespeare. That's great. That <laughs> yes, is fantastic. Appropriately named. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so you said, I, I find that so interesting. You said dream job as a high school theater teacher. How, yeah. when, when did you right. know that you went, that that was the dream? I knew that I wanted to be a teacher when I was in high school. I already knew, but I didn't know what I wanted to teach. I actually thought um, that I was going to be a math teacher. Really? Um, but shortly into my college career, I figured out that wasn't what I wanted to be. Sure. 
So that scans. <laughs> um, it was in. It was probably half about halfway through college when all of the pieces started falling into place. And I'm a double major in English and theater. So when I started teaching, I was teaching English and theater, and I just got a lot more joy out of teaching the theater classes. And mm. so that's where the dream became really clear to me. That sounds so stressful to try to manage two subjects at once. Um, in college, it was. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I was doing a lot of stuff in college. Um, and thankfully, at the very end, um, a couple of the English and theater classes um, melted together. Like they, I took a Shakespeare class in in the English department for the English department, and they allowed me to use those credits also for the theater. So that was, I think, happened with two different classes. So it made it a tiny bit easier. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stop us just for one quick second. There's a little bit of buzzing noise on our end. I'm just going to move some of the wires and hope that that fixes okay. it. So <laughs> give us okay. one second and then we'll jump right back into it. So tell us about your inspiration for this play specifically. This is The Pearly Gates, right? Yes, yes. Pearly Gates. Okay. Um, so The Pearly Gates began when our local community theater here was doing a 10-minute play festival, and the theme of it was thrift shop. Hmm. So this is cheap places to buy stuff. And um, I don't know, I started thinking about... Um, Clarence the Angel in It's a Wonderful um, Life. It's a Wonderful Life, yes. right, and mm-hmm. how he had to earn his wings and I thought, well, what if you had to buy your wings? And then what if there was this place where you couldn't afford to buy the good wings and so you had to buy like discount like Goodwill wings. <laughs> so I don't know where I don't know why my brain does that sometimes, but that's where that idea came from. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I, really I like love, it. I love that process of what if. It's just like the what if this, and if that's the case, then what if this? You know, I feel like a lot of creatives, whether it be writers, I know with actors, sometimes that helps. You know, just that that magical what if question is great. Um, I also yeah, it's really powerful. Yeah, I love that you mentioned Clarence too, because one of actually one of my first roles ever acting was in at my high school. We did a radio play of It's a Wonderful Life, and I played Clarence, and that was oh the, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was a really <laughs> fun fabulous. production. Yeah, um, so yeah, that's that's just a a, a fun funny thing right there. Um, also, cool. so you mentioned the um, writing this for like a. 10-minute play competition. And in the script, at the very beginning, you write about how uh, it could be done with a small budget or a big budget. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about like accessibility in your writing and how that plays a role? Is it something that you pretty consistently think about, or is it is it just something that happened to come up in this one because of the competition aspect? Um, yeah, no, I think every time I sit down to write, and, and sometimes um, I think it might arrest my writing a little bit because I'm always thinking about um, budget and how practical is this, mostly because I've worked in high school theater mm-hmm. <laughs> my whole life where we have no money and right. <laughs> um, and with a community theater that's always struggling for funds. And so 
I mean, I feel like in the back of my head, if I'm writing something that can only be done with a revolving stage and, um, you know, moving LED lights and all of that, that I might not, I might not get produced. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the ultimate goal is to get productions. And so um, I think I'm always thinking about that. That's great. I love yeah. that. I am a nerd for accessibility. <laughs> it is it's something great, especially because I was fortunate to go to a high school that had a lot of resources. Yeah, and he then went I, to CFA. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. But. <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I'm so fortunate to have a lot of resources there. Then I go to college and the majority of theater at Chapel Hill that um, everyone has access to is student productions. So it's right back to that scrounging for every dollar that you can and just Uh having that accessibility. And I I think it, while it can, like you were saying, sort of limit you in a way, I think there's something freeing about it that it's like there's, you could produce this anywhere. And um, like some productions we did in college, you know, were at, at bars or at other places like that, that it's like you can just pick this up and sort of, take it anywhere you want. I think there's something really freeing about that in a way and just something so beautiful about that. So I'll get off my accessibility um, (laughs) soapbox. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where the stuff isn't where the magic should be Mm -hmm. anyway. Yeah. Right. That's a good quote. We might use that for our opening. <laughs> ooh, that's good. <laughs> um, ooh. Ooh. So, so one thing I liked, um, just knowing that you come from a Catholic background, uh, I really liked the part about, you know, St. Peter uh, and just sort of how he was portrayed, <laughs> even though we never actually saw him. And I almost, I right. really liked that we never actually saw him. Um, so that just made me think about how, how do you approach world building and kind of setting up the rules of a world or trying to ground it in reality, even if it's something completely otherworldly like heaven uh or i know i always think back to that uh, the amoeba play that you wrote for for oh, the 24 yes. hour plate festival mm-hmm. um so yeah just talk about how you establish the rules of a world a little bit um so that's a really good question and an interesting one um and i don't know if my um if my process is any different than any other writers but i think that that there are a lot of writers that do a lot of pre-planning before they sit down and make their worlds. And um, mine, oftentimes, I just write the story. And then as I'm looking back on the story, I'm like, okay, I, I need to figure out what the rules are here. And then I make those rules when I go back and see where the story has taken me. Sure. So it's kind of backwards because there, you know, there are a lot of people who teach writing that say, okay, you have to have your outline together, you have to have your characters figured out, you have to have all of this decided. Mm-hmm. And I do have usually like a vague idea of where I'm going. Um, but a lot of times, and that's the magic of revision, obviously, is a lot of times when I get to the finish line, I'm like, oh, that was interesting. I didn't really expect that to happen, so let me go back and see where my rules are inconsistent mm. and then marry everything together. That's yeah. oftentimes how it happens for me. Cool. That's great. I I think I have done a minuscule amount of writing in my time. Me too. That's really hard. <laughs> it is. It's so hard. And I, I love that you, you said that about 
sort of letting yourself roam free in that first draft and then going back and being like, okay, where do I need to fix these inconsistencies? Because I feel like a lot of times when I was writing, I would get so stuck on, oh, well, if I put this in, that doesn't make sense with that. And I feel like it... Another sort of freeing thing is just sort of writing that initial, because I feel like that initial impulse sometimes is like your best one. So writing what you have, writing what comes to you, and then from there being like, okay, now how do I fix it so that it all makes sense in like one cohesive story while still keeping those like creative elements that like came to you first. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So an- another thing that uh, we noticed and that I really enjoyed and Lauren really enjoyed as well is just a lot of different like subverted tropes that you put in this play. Like uh, one of the big ones that I noticed was the stages of grief. You know, you have the traditional five stages in this order, but each mm-hmm. character sort of experiences it in a different way than what you expect. You have that. And then um, you have <laughs> the, the fact that uh, what you have to buy your wings is literally what you have on you when you're like dead and buried and which is so so different to the idea that oh if you do good you things with you yeah, yeah. You, you can't take what you have with you and so it's just subverting that trope i'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that like what effect you want this to have and then is that something that you utilize across all of your all of your works um yeah i do think i do that a lot um is that i just think it's i don't know what the word is um I don't want to use necessarily the word silly, but I think that we can get caught up, human beings can get caught up a lot in, well, these are the rules, and this is, and you need to follow them, mm-hmm. right? So this is how it is. And um, there isn't a lot of time that a lot of people take to say, well, is it really that? Is it that? Hmm. Um, and to just take it and think that it doesn't, that's not necessarily a rule. Like, how do we know that that's a rule? Because some people, you know, found these stages of grief and said, this is what they are. Is that really what they are? Um, you know, but just to turn things on its side a little bit and to do some thinking about what is true and if it's true. And if it's not true, is it a big tragedy if this isn't true? Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's just kind of opening up your thinking a little bit um, yeah. because you are and it and it's freeing to do that in the theater because you are it's already accepted that you're playing in an imaginary space. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. So um, you can make up whatever rules you want to, and then if people question it, you're like, well, I wasn't, I mean, this is a play. It's not real. So you can always back it up with, I didn't, you know, I didn't mean that. That was was pretend. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I... I love you're I'm I'm fangirling right now. You're vibing. But yes. <laughs> I I I love that and for me it made these characters almost more human cuz I feel like sometimes we we see these things that are like things like how how the world is supposed to be like these five stages of grief for instance. Yeah. And then yeah. when when something, you know, tragic happens to you and you don't experience it in that way it's like, is something wrong with me? Is it my fault? But then to see it in a different way and be like, you know what? Maybe that's okay is just is a great thing to to be reminded of sometimes, yeah, I think. And especially in a really playful setting like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I also wanted to ask about, you know, speaking of playfulness, um, I wanted to ask about the choice to have Shirley narrate the moment of forgiveness at the end. Um, I really like that. It almost felt like a, I mean, I guess, I think you actually said in it, it, it seems like a wrestling match. Um, yeah. But but that was something I really liked. Can you talk about your 
choice to do that rather than have them speak to each other? Oh, that's a great, you ask really good questions. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. That's a great question. And um, actually, when I when I wrote that originally, I I really almost in the in the first or second revision, I almost took that out. Hmm. And I had, I mean, I have my husband reads a lot of my work as well as my kids and like whoever I can get to read it <laughs> before I submit it places. And um, that was one of the things that my husband questioned. He said, that seems weird that you just threw that in there. Um, and I said, no, I think I'm going to keep it. Um, and I and I think the reason that I liked it is that the, the two that aren't talking, that there are still some unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. If you have somebody else narrating it, is she narrating it? correctly like you don't really know if what she's saying is true but when the if the actors follow through with it and and do it in the way that it's designed to do it then she is but but there's always that that opportunity for the audience to kind of be like well I wonder if that's what really happened so it can like stir things up a little bit more so that's why I kept it and I think it seems you know I mean it obviously plays to um I guess the sort of charactery, that's not a word, attitude of Shirley. We'll keep it. But, sure. <laughs> but, um, yes. but, you know, I think it also just makes it a lot more organic than the other two options of, you know, either having the characters talk it out or having them mm-hmm. just sort of stand and stare silently for a second and then say they <laughs> forgive each other. Um, right, right, right. I guess I didn't trust that moment enough in silence. I needed, I, I felt like I needed more to make it, clear what my intention was there yeah and i think it definitely worked yeah and it's like it's it's the there's not the silence like overall because you have shirley talking but the silence between the characters sort of like you were saying is almost more powerful because you know Mm. because of that open-endedness and it's like what did they say and things like that so yeah i i love that moment definitely uh and this we might have really already answered this question (laughs) but what is your favorite moment in this script Oh my gosh. Um, uh, well, let me think through it. Um, I, I'm, it might be early in the play, maybe, although I don't know, there's a lot of discovery moments in the, in the play, but, um, I think when, uh, and I'm, I mix up the two characters names, so I don't remember who comes in first. Uh, Kelly is first and then Morgan. Kelly's first. Okay. So when Kelly comes in and kind of has that that realization that, oh, oh my God, this happened to me, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the aha moments. Um, but I really like tongue in cheek wise, like I really love the moment on the phone with Shirley and Peter. Yeah. <laughs> where she's like, I think I know what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's like, get off so, my back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. So discovery moments are my favorite and um, tongue in cheek moments are my favorite. Yeah, that that discovery moment is something that I took note of, too, because I noted that she said I'm dead three times in a row. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I feel like a lot of scripts would have done like I'm dead and then just like moved on after that. But I feel like it's such a human reaction to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then to have to process it three different ways. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thought that was another like very human moment that I really thought was perfect. (laughs) Oh, cool. Thank you. Um, And so getting a little bit off the script and just into you a little bit. So obviously you're having to teach high school theater right now 
over Zoom, or I assume, or however you are teaching. Um, I would love to hear you talk about, like, how is that? Like, <laughs> Especially teaching theater. Yeah, yeah, especially theater, which is something so interactive. It's like, I know that high schoolers have poor attention spans. So <laughs> I, I, wa- I was wondering if you have any strategies to keep people engaged and to like continue teaching during this crazy, weird time. Yes, another, another great question. Um, it really does kind of take all of the magic out of it. Yeah. From this end, um, not only can we, like our our, our county had decided when it all started that we can't, we couldn't do Zoom oh, because okay. of, um, I guess, security. And so they're not allowing any face-to-face anything. Wow. So Ooh. we're just using Canvas or um, Google Classrooms or whatever. Wow. Yeah. That's tough. So, what I what I have to rely on, like for instance, for my musical theater class, what I have to rely on is I'll, you know, I've got my keyboard here at home and I'll record a warm up for them mm-hmm. and put it out there into the universe <laughs> and say, um, give this a try. And all I can all I can do to get stuff back from them is to just hear their written response. You know, mm-hmm. this is how it worked for me. So it really is. Um, well, definitely not my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, we've had to rely a lot on doing academic stuff in my, like in my theater two class, we're reading plays and analyzing them. But then again, that magic of being in the classroom and talking about what's really happening in the play mm-hmm. and, you know, what subtextually is happening and mm-hmm. what the themes are and all of that. It's really hard to just kind of call that out and really talk about possibilities when we're not in the same space together. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, you know, musical theater class was one of the, it was just such a community as well. And I, I feel really bad for the the people in that class that don't get to have that this semester. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really sad. And there's, yeah, there's, there's just an energy to a theater class, I feel like. And I, I really feel like they're, I definitely prescribe to that, that it's like, being in person with a group of people and just like even just taking a taking a breath together is is something mm-hmm. that you you can't get even if it was zoom but i i can't imagine not even having that so so right, it it's, right. it must be tough but um it sounds like you're you're doing a great job with the resources that you have so yeah well i mean i'm doing what i can but it's there's that frustration of i'm not giving them everything that they need because I mean we we all know why people take theater classes right yeah and I mean you can offer the academic stuff but they get that plenty of other places so it's really yeah I think frustrating is probably the word that I go back to a lot it's just really frustrating for sure for sure um I think for our, our last big question um so we've been sort of for every episode uh doing a detour of the week just to keep up with the traffic puns um, <laughs> where we talk about some piece of art that we've consumed in the past week that we would recommend. So uh, we've done books and TV shows and movies. movies. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything that you've, any art that you've consumed recently? Uh, even if you want to say, you know, I know you just did a virtual production of uh, Kiss a Squid, one of your other plays. Um, so did, even if you yeah. want to talk about that, you know... <laughs> Yes, that's still that's theater related, but it's a little bit of a swerve. So, because <laughs> we're, yeah, because um, I, this is fun. Um, 
because now I'm talking to you, a former student from years ago, and um, I pulled in Emily Absher for yeah. that one um, just because I happened to see her on Facebook. And so she was in the original production of Kiss the Squid. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, gosh, let's see. I mean, she's in Texas, but I thought, well, this is online, so it doesn't matter where right. she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though this is, you know, the the distance stuff and not being together is frustrating, it also kind of offers some interesting possibilities. And so she jumped in, and um, my kid jumped in, and then one of our local people um, jumped in and to... And even though that's not the venue where it would be the most magical, it was um, really very satisfying to pull these forces back in together and to and to reimagine a story that I really get a kick out of every time I see it. So Definitely, yeah. um, that was really fun. Yeah, I feel like the whole aspect of acting over Zoom is really interesting. And I mean, it obviously it's been, you know, four years or so since I have seen Kiss a Squid. Um, But I was trying to think, you know, really, this is something that could hypothetically happen over Skype, you know, having a Skype meeting before your your boss jumps in and discussing whether or not you're going to quit your job today, you know. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, So, yeah, so I I thought that was a really interesting setting for that show in particular. Cool. Yes. And, yeah, it was fun to reconnect. And, yeah, it was just kind of a different, fun thing to try. Yeah. Well, that's great. I think that's all we have for you, actually. Thank you so much. This was great. As you can tell, I had a great time. I hope you had a great time, too. Yeah. Oh, I had another a wonderful thing... time. <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic. Well, good. Good. Uh, another thing that we've been doing, too, is um, we can obviously, you know, cut if you did want to say no, but we've been putting an email address for our playwrights um, in the description, just in case, you know, anyone heard your play and wanted to contact you about producing it or anything like that oh my gosh yes absolutely okay cool then we'll keep it okay (laughs) then we will keep it (laughs) uh does your uh cabarrus.k12.nc.us one still work or is there a different one you'd rather us use no that would be good the school one would be good cool um because they they filter out stuff that's right yeah that would that would be the perfect yes awesome great then that will be in the description box of our description box whatever you know where it's gonna be you know where it's gonna be (laughs) all right thank you again so much we really appreciate it yeah oh my gosh thank you Mm -hmm. all right bye all right yeah this has been awesome bye thank you so much